You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope, where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. If you have a Bible, I would uh, invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2 in your Bible. I'll give you just a minute if you want to get that, look it up. Use your app on your phone or tablet. And uh, Ephesians is a letter, which most of the New Testament was written as letters to different people or groups. And it was written by a man we came known as Paul, who was a great missionary, church planter, actually uh, was not a Christian at first. Then he met Jesus and changed his life. This is after the resurrection, by the way. And he began to plant churches and encourage the churches. And people began to follow the way of Jesus. And one of these places was Ephesus which was not a very uh, religious, or religious, but not a very good community. And uh, they planted a church there. And so later on, he wrote this letter called Ephesians. And just a couple of verses from Ephesians chapter 2, beginning of verse 8, from this ancient letter that we can find some good, uh, some good word for today. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. May God bless us as we read his word and go further in it this morning. Guys, can be seated if you would. Thanks. And thanks for joining us this morning. Um, I, I, one of the things I notice is I, I, I love social media and I'm kind of on it all the time um, on one platform or another, sometimes more than one platform at the same time. And uh, there's this, this theme that's kind of been going around and uh, one of our leaders kind of pitched this as an idea that we needed to address this year as we go through the, the year of sermons and seeing where God was leading us. And the idea has to do with adulting. And you guys have heard this phrase, right? Adulting. It's like I see it all the time. Like, and usually it's something like, you know, uh, well, you know, I had a flat tire this morning. I'm done adulting for today. Or, you know, until I get my coffee, I can't even start adulting. Stuff like that. So actually, I found some tweets on Twitter. Um, if Chris will put them up here. These are all adulting. This is, um, is it bad? I only want to get to work on time because there's a segment on the radio that I love to listen to at 820. Hashtag adulting. So you might, re- re- you know, uh, recognize something like that. Go to the next one. I woke up at 6 a.m. to do my laundry because I was too lazy yesterday. Hashtag adulting. (laughs) Next one. Dropped off a package, worked out, washed my car, graded papers, watched my nephew niece, and I cleaned my room all while looking up what masters I'm going for. Hashtag adulting. He's Gerardo's 95 is busy. Next one. Uh, got in a minor car accident. Everyone is okay, thank goodness. This whole hashtag adulting thing is hard, but telling mom and dad was even harder, right? Even when we're young adults, telling mom and dad some bad news isn't good. Next one. When you're physically okay, but emotionally tired, hashtag adulting. <laughs> Next one. I felt like adulting has taken a lot from me, but I am still grateful because I learned that in reality, you don't really need everything and be everything. Good. One more. That's the last one. That's the last one? Yep. Wow. 
left off my one with, with like the coffee and the donuts. How'd that happen? Oh, well, um, I, I need some coffee and donuts. Hashtag adulting. Hashtag Pastor Steve. There you go. So what is adulting? Can we get a good definition? Somebody throw, give me an idea. What is that? Grown people stuff. That's, a, that's like that hit on the head right there. Somebody else. You're going to give a, a definition to the idea of adulting. What else? Responsibility. Responsibility. That's a, that's a word that probably goes with it. Anything else? Adaptation. Adaptation. Yeah, good, good, good. Um, I was actually just kind of came across this book after we decided we were going to do this series on adulting. And then I found out about this book, and so I read it, just finished it um, a couple of days ago. It's called Welcome to Adulting by this pastor named Jonathan Pecluda. And I would say this to you guys. Over the next four weeks, we're going to get in this theme of adulting, and we're going to get into relationships and finances and money and work and, and life. And, and today is about kind of the purpose of, of your life and uh, purpose of adulthood and everything like that. So I would encourage you, to, to, to tune in every week for this. But I would also encourage you, if you really want to go deeper with some practical application stuff, grab that book, Welcome to Adulting by Jonathan Pecluda. And he put this, this is kind of his definition as he began this book. Um, the practice of behavior, this is adulting, the practice of behavior in a way characteristic of a responsible adult, especially the accomplishment of mundane but necessary tasks. See, that's adulting. So today we're kicking off this series, adulting, with this very specific focus for us. Jesus is the subject. When it comes to the, the way we're going to approach this idea of adulting, for us, we're going to be like we do everything at Awaken Church. Jesus is the subject uh, of adulting for us. So here's our working definition of what we hope to accomplish over the next few weeks. Adulting is practical adulthood rooted in a relationship with God. Now, we know about there's lots of different roots we have. That call it the, that's kind of the why behind a lot of different behaviors we have. But we want to see our adulthood begin to be rooted in a relationship with God. So there's many challenges uh, along this way of journey. And some of these challenges are, are pretty big for us because we want to live our best life, right? We really do. I mean, if we're all honest, we'd say, yes, I want to live my, my best life. So how can we be living our best life even though... Life right now is, is we're going through some really big changes and really, we're making really big decisions. And sometimes we're making really big decisions at a time in life when we feel like we're just not ready to make these really big decisions. Hashtag adulting. What we find is God provides the tools to become a healthy, functioning adult. That's my big takeaway from being an adult for quite a couple of decades now. God provides the tools to becoming a healthy, functioning adult. And so as we go a little bit deeper in this short passage from Ephesians chapter 2 today, here's our big idea. Life is meant to be a faith adventure lived with purpose. Life is meant to be a faith adventure lived with purpose. So here's a thought about that. Your best life is easy to miss. Your best life is easy to miss. Now, I've heard another, besides hashtag adulting, another phrase I pick up a lot on social media is, I'm just out here living my best life. And it'll have, I mean, people that are like surfing or sitting there drinking a cup of coffee, all, all kinds, you could, you know, from one extreme to the other, staying in bed when the alarm goes off, I hit the snooze a third time, living my best life. And that's how, you know, what is living your best life? And what is that? And do you have the, the gif that I put on there? There you go. 
living my best life is whatever I want to feel like want to do. Gosh, like Napoleon Dynamite. That's my best life. Whatever I feel like I want to do. That's for the most part would probably be it. How about that? Can we talk about that? What does living your best life look like? You guys talk back to me for just a, another minute. What does it look like living your best life? In a word or a short phrase? Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. What else? Living your best life. Okay. Being like this idea of really being alive, not just going through the motions, not just going through life, but Passion. living it. Passion. Okay. That's a good, that's a good word. Okay. <laughs> living your best life could be chaotic. All right. Somebody else. Okay, it feels like everything falls into place. How would the world, like all around us, how would our culture, how would you guys, a lot of y'all are, are students, how would it, on campus somebody say, living your best life, what would they be talking about? Good grades. Good grades. What else? You have to sleep late because of class. <laughs> class is canceled. Got to sleep in. <laughs> Organized. Okay, good. Anything else? What is living my best life? Looking good. You already know, bro. <laughs> yeah. So let's look at this. Verse 8 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. He saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. So trusting the promises of God, that's, that's how life is meant to be lived. Life how it's meant to be lived, trusting the promises of God. So this can be easy to miss because the world all around us whispers lies to us all the time about what living your best life should be about. Um, and it just sounds right because it's about us. And we feel it just sounds right to me because I like that it's about me. Uh, and so, you know, for me, uh, like many of my generation, in my late teens and early 20s, when I was trying to figure out what is my best life, we didn't use that phrase, but you know, what is it? For me, it was like fame. It was all about fame. I wanted to be, I, how could I be famous? I loved playing football. I could be a famous football player. And I was like, no, that's, that's a lot of work. I could take some of that out of it and I could be a prof- famous professional wrestler. Yeah. And that was like, no, that's, that's still a lot. I could be a, I could, and then noticing a lot of people who are rock stars at the time, I could be a professional rock star and be famous. I could be a famous rock star because if that guy can sing and make some money, surely I can. You know, that was my thought process. I wanted to be famous, and I thought that would make me happy because with fame comes stuff. Everybody would know your name, and you would have stuff that would that somehow would be fulfilled through fame. That's really what I thought. So what about money? Well, the, the kind of the idea is, well, money obviously goes with fame. And what about power? Well, again, power goes with money and, and fame. So it was all kind of tied for me. It was literally, how do I get famous? The world and our media... Even our own internal desires, we just blame everything out there. It also comes from within our own selves. Tells us the way to be happy is to pursue things like money, like sex, like fame, like power, material possessions, and, and just having fun. That's what happens. That's, that's the message. And the reality is that we as a, as a society, this is, this is like straight up, we are richer as a society than we've ever been before culturally. We have more stuff than any time in history in our culture than we've ever had before. 
with social media, we all have more notoriety, more connections, more likes than we've ever had before in all of history. And yet the studies that I've been reading show that we are the most depressed in, in history, like right now. Our, our generations, our generation, our, in our time right now. Like we have everything that we ever wanted, but somehow, I mean, you can be whoever you want to do, be and go with whoever you want to go with, and you, you're not even going to get judged, you know, today. That's kind of the, where we're headed. And yet we still are the most unsatisfied ever. So the world has so many options of what makes a great life, and it keeps coming up empty. All these options. Here's all these options of what makes a great life. And we, we see as a culture, we hit all of these things on and on and on. And, we, and they keep coming up empty. Life's just stretching out before us, uh, especially some of y'all who are a lot younger than me. And it's like an empty canvas. And you get to paint it. I mean, you get to paint this empty canvas. Uh, and you get to choose where to go and how to paint it. Every decision, every action means something, and it has a potential to have a huge impact, either good or bad. And it's a little bit scary again. We're making these big life decisions. At a time, we feel like I'm not very good at making decisions. We've got to learn to trust God. In, in this decision-making process. So I don't want to miss, want any of us to miss what Jesus wants for us because what he wants for, for us more than anything is life. Lexi hit it on the head a while ago. Living your best life is actually living it. Not just going through the motions, but living it. That's what Jesus' desire is for us. He puts it this way in, uh, in the scriptures, John 10.10. Jesus says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose, he says is to give them a rich, give you a rich and satisfying life. And rich and satisfying does not talk, it's not about money and fame and power. It's about life. You could, uh, you could put it this way, abundant life or life to the full. Or you could say, Jesus said, I came so that you could be living your best life. Absolutely. Too often, though, we, we kind of mess up. And we begin like, okay, I'm going to live my best life. I'm going, to follow this. I'm going to follow this path. And then we mess up. And then we get down on ourselves. And we start to thinking, I'm not good enough. And we start thinking, why would, it, why would anybody love me? And we start thinking, how could God even love me? And when you're not living your best life, what are your coping mechanisms? That's a, that's a question that all of us need to check. Like, what is my coping mechanism here? Because if you find yourself continually turning to unhealthy coping mechanisms, you will never have the rich and satisfying life that Jesus offers. So the key to living your best life isn't any of this stuff. The key to living your best life is an identity rooted in Christ. That's the key. That's the key I found. It's not in, in necessarily like following after, you know, a, a, you know, Christianity is a religion. But it's not about following a checklist. It's about an identity that's rooted in a relationship with Christ. And in that Christ, He begins to show you and begins to lead you through this, what this religion should look like. But the key is that, that identity rooted in Christ. So life is meant to, to, to be a faith adventure, live with purpose. And there's good news now because your life has purpose. The good news is your life has purpose. Now, everybody in here has probably got a cell phone. Right? What's the purpose of a cell phone? Somebody tell me. Communication. 
Communication, that's it. When they first created the when they first created the cell phone, it had one purpose. So you could make a call or receive a call from anywhere. And then they figured out they had some technology. You could not just make a call and send a call from anywhere. You could send a text and get receive a text from just about anywhere. Then they said, why don't we take this a step further? We'll figure out we can put internet access on this thing. Then you can you could get your email. <laughs> you can send data. And then it's like, you've got a computer and what we call a phone. Nobody uses it for a phone anymore. Nobody calls me on my phone. Sometimes they text me. Sometimes they send me a message through social media. But nobody calls me anymore. It's all like, you know, so through, dat- through data. And, and so we have a cell phone now, which has a lot of different purposes. Its main purpose for communication. Secondary purposes to enjoy for entertainment, whatever. But what if I was to take my cell phone and go, I got to prop this door open over here. Someone use my cell phone for a doorstop. It would work, right? But that would be that would be ridiculous use of your phone, unless it's already smashed up already. But but if you like don't have a smashed up phone, you're probably not going to go use it for a doorstop. Or or if I'm trying to hammer some a nail in and I don't have a hammer, I don't have a lead pipe, I don't have even a stick. All I got is my cell phone. I could take my cell phone and use that to ha- to try and hammer in the nail. It's possible to do it that way, but that is not the purpose for which it was created, is it? I could use it for a weapon. I could throw it at you. It'd be, that'd be bad because I might miss and actually hit somebody else and then I'd get sued and that would be, that, that's not good. But I'm saying you can use it for different things it's not creative for. But the purpose is for communication. All the teachers that said you would never have a calculator in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of teachers back in the day said you, you'll never have a calculator in your pocket. You've got to memorize all this. Now you have a calculator and everything in your pocket. Yeah. So how do you determine your life's purpose? That's, the, that's our question as we kind of segue into the, the next part of this scripture. Um, it's not a new question, what is my purpose? Not a new, it's not a new question at all. It's probably the, probably the oldest question. Why am I here? What on earth am I here for? What's the meaning of life? And sometimes we think about that and it can freak us out, right? Like what if I spend my whole life and never fulfill my purpose? Do you ever, ever get like that? Like you really get that anxious? Like, what if I give my whole life and I never fulfill my purpose? Well, when you become a follower of Jesus, he opens up your heart and he opens up your mind to become, uh, to, to, to understand his purpose for you. That's a big part of this, is beginning to understand God has a purpose for my life. And as I follow Jesus, he begins to open up my heart to what that is. This, this is what we call uh, uh, your understanding your purpose is not yours to decide. It's been decided because you have a creator. And sometimes we don't really like that. I, want to, I get to decide my purpose in life. You have a creator. And if you create something, you decide what its purpose is. It could be used for other things, right? A cell phone. The people that created the cell phone had a purpose in mind. But it can be used for other things. Other things that might leave it broken or smashed. You have a creator who created your life for some, a specific purpose. And you could do other things with it. He gives you that freedom. But he might end up broken or smashed. So it says in verse 10, we are God's masterpiece. The work of his hands. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I love this passage of scripture. I come to this, this, this is just a verse that just, I just come to quite often. Because you're, it says you're God's masterpiece. You're the work of his hands. You, you weren't just, God just didn't like, 
think, oh, I think I'll make Stephen. He, he made me as a masterpiece. And he did that for all of us. He created us with care and with detail that goes into a fine work of art. So why did God create you this way? To do the good deeds he planned for you to do in advance. Do good deeds. This is, this is to do life as the Creator intended is to do good. That's the, that we look at it this way. For every human, God's will is, first of all, to do good. That's it. That's one, of, that's one of the first things we can say. What is my purpose in life? God created all of us in our humanity to do good. Good deeds don't earn your salvation. Let's be clear about what, what we want to say about that. But they are the result of understanding who Jesus is and who you are in Jesus, in Christ. That's the results of understanding who you are. God created us as a masterpiece to do good. Now, he God also created us, every human, to avoid sin. Part of his will, part of his plan is to do good and avoid sin. Jesus and those who follow his way say that, that it's God's will that you avoid obvious sins. That's part of his plan. That's part of his will for us. And most sin, even though I've found in this recent uh, culture we live in, don't really like to use that word sin anymore. It's like, oh, you can't tell anybody this is sin or that is sin. I'm not. I'm just reading what the scriptures say. And this Jesus and those, his earliest followers, like Paul, who wrote Ephesians, have, are pretty clear about a lot of things. Most sin is clear cut. If we would read it and say, yep, I believe this is what God is saying to me. You don't have to try and figure out whether or not God wants you to, to lie. You don't have to try and figure out if God wants, whether or not God wants you to murder somebody. You don't have to try and figure out whether, um, you know, to have sex with somebody you're not married to or to get drunk. Those things are right there. They're right here in this word. This is what, you, this is no, no, this is sin. This is, I want you to avoid all of this. That's part of God's plan for us. So what about the gray areas? I mean, not, not specifically mentioned in Scripture. And I would ask, if you're not going to live according to what God's already said, why are you going to expect Him to say something about something else that you're not already doing what He says? Well, I found is what most of us do, and I've, I've been there too, and I still have my days where I could still be this way, where it's like, how far over can I get to that line, right? Like we call it gray areas. Like, well, it's not specific about the Bible. And Jesus is over here saying, follow me. I want you to be close to me. And I'm like, I want to be close to you too, Jesus, but as close as I can get over here to this line because I kind of like this. I kind of I want to cross that line. And Jesus is over here going, I still love you. You're still in my graces. You haven't crossed the line. But, man, it would be so much better for you if you'd come over here, if you'd just come this way. For every human, God's will is to do good and avoid sin. And then when you begin to follow him, when you begin to say, yeah, I'm, I want to follow him, there's something else. God's will for every single one of us is to make disciples, to make disciples. Jesus says this. It's, we call it the Great Commission in the, in the church world. Matthew 28, 19 is where this is found. Make disciples. He says, go make disciples. He tells us to his disciples. In other words, if you're a disciple, you go make disciples. If you're a follower, you go see that other people begin following. A Christian is someone who is following Jesus and inviting others to join the journey. 
That's what it means to be a Christian. Christian's not a bad word. It's not a negative thing. We just, as a culture, begin to misunderstand what it is. And a lot of folks have been saying, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, but they're not. Well, you have to understand a Christian is somebody who follows Jesus and invites others to come on the journey with us. That's what it is. So another way to look at this is this. God's purpose for every human is to love others, do good, to love yourselves, avoid sin. Because I'm going to tell you, avoiding sin isn't about because God said so. Avoiding sin is because God wants you to love yourself. That's the reason. And love God. Go and make disciples. Bring others on the journey. So here's the good news. Your life has a purpose. And every one of us has these same purposes. But what about as individuals? I mean, we don't want to leave today before we talk a little bit about we all have these purpose. This is God's purpose. But we all have different unique paths. We all have, we feel like we have a different purpose just for me in our lives, right? So how do I know what my purpose is? How do I find my journey? Your journey is all about your shape. Your journey is all about your shape. One of the things that I've been asked a lot when I'm in the gym not just work it's it's kind of awkward if you're working out but whenever i used to teach classes and 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 do fitness instructing i would get this question and it's outside of this scenario it is an awkward and weird question but i would get asked how do i get legs like yours now if i'm just in walmart and somebody says that it's gonna be weird you know but if you're in the gym you work you training with somebody and you say okay what is it you want to get out of this fitness program how do i get legs like yours that's 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 i've been asked that a bunch of times and my answer is you can't you can't. It's genetics. You're not shaped the same way I am. It's like me saying, how do I fit into skinny jeans? It ain't happening, bro. <laughs> it's not happening. I get the loosest fit jeans they have, and they still fit tight. <laughs> As you think about living your best life and your specific journey, it's, it's important to acknowledge how the Creator shaped you. How did He shape you? So if you want to know what you're created for, you start by looking at how you were created. Years ago, there was a pastor named Rick Warren, and he wrote this book called The Purpose Driven Life. And in The Purpose Driven Life, he talks about this, your shape, and it's acrostic shape. This comes straight from Pastor Rick Warren, what I'm going to share with you now. And it's something so good that I think it would help all of us to understand what our, our, our mission is or our purpose in life is. So we're talking about... Um, how you're uniquely created. The first one, the first part of the shape is spiritual gifts. It's an acrostic, S-H-A-P-E. Spiritual gifts is first of all. Every Christ follower has a spiritual gift. And uh, there's, uh, you know, you can, now everybody's connected to the internet. You can go online and just do a Google search for spiritual gifts test or spiritual gifts inventory. And you can find it, you can fill out the little things. It'll give you a good, a good idea of what maybe your spiritual gifts are. I have found the best way to find out what my spiritual gifts are and probably yours is to do stuff. How can I help? How can I help? You may find that your spiritual gift is faith or encouragement or leadership, but it never happens unless you try something. It may be in, in preaching or teaching, or it may be in a, a spiritual gift of giving or, or mercy or helps, like serving others. Those are all spiritual gifts, but you find out the best way by doing something. It's also how you find out that's not really my gift. But the thing about spiritual gifts is when something's not your gift, all the spiritual gifts are still your responsibility. One of my spiritual gifts, always the lowest one on, on the chart, is giving. 
And as a pastor, you're supposed to be like, well, that should be high. But it's not a spiritual gift, but I understand it's a spiritual responsibility. And so we have to own those things. It may not be my spiritual gift is all the spiritual gifts, but I'm responsible for living the Christian life if I am a Christ follower. And that starts with spiritual gifts. The H is heart. And the heart is all about what you're passionate about. Like what, and that's probably for many of y'all, that's like when we, one of the first questions that I've asked you when, when we met was, what are, you, what are you passionate about? Because that's one of the things I love. I love to, for you, to get people thinking about their passions. And uh, then, then how can we see you begin to shine and, and seek out your living out those, those passions? It, education. Might be, might be your passion, or family, or music, a sport, travel, singing. Um, you have, what are your passions? That's what the heart is. And if you're passionate about something that God deeply cares about, there's likely an area you'll engage your gifts. I love people who, are, um, who, who have the passion, like, like football. Today's the Super Bowl, right? And there's football players who we know are famous for their faith. Because they always, they literally, you will, you, you will hear them always use the name of Jesus the right way. You even had, you know, one guy that wrote scripture on his face. You know, you, had, you have these people who are passionate about something, yet they are playing in a, the professional sports arena. You know, they're, they're, they're in this, this, this big, uh, their, their job is to entertain us by playing a sport. And yet they're following their passion. And when they have that opportunity with the microphone in front of them, they're going to give credit to Christ. That's their heart. A is the abilities that we have. And everyone's good at something. Everybody's good at something. And if you're like, I'm not good at anything, let me spend a little bit of time with you. And I'm going to like, I'll point it out to you. Because everybody has at least one ability. Most of us, probably all of us, have more than one ability. And it's a natural talent. It's something that, it might be something that maybe you've studied and you got good at it. it. Might be something you have a natural ability for. You've never studied at all. But either way, it's a gift from God. And as a part of your shape, the abilities you have now determine what you're able to do now. Whatever the abilities you have now determine what you're able to do now. And there's always room to grow, and there's always room to get better. Every single one of us in our our, our abilities that God has given us. He doesn't give any of us our abilities fully perfected yet. Although I look at some people with some natural talent and I go, where else can they go? <laughs> you know, abilities. P is personality. Personality. Are you an extrovert or an introvert? All the introverts, raise your hand. That's what I thought. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Getting bold up in here. I thought I'd throw you for a loop right there. Uh, do you go with the flow or do you have to have a detailed plan? I mean, what's your personality? Are you wired to stand in front of people and speak or sing or play? Or, or do you, are you wired to, like, I'll, I want to, whatever it is, I'm behind the scenes. Behind, like, I'll do anything you want except stand up there. <laughs> yeah. What's your personality like? There's no right or wrong personality. There's not one that's right, not one that's wrong. But your unique personality makes you better suited for some things than others. And then the E of the shape are your experiences. Your experiences. Everyone is shaped at least partly by the experiences that we've had, both good and bad. We have we have all had those, right? Experiences, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? We've had those experiences in life. But I found it's often through the most difficult experiences that God's done the most beneficial shaping in my life. I've gone through the tough experiences 
A lot of shaping has really come through those. So here's the thing. Living your best life shows that you have more than one purpose, actually. (laughs) You have a purpose in life. You actually have more than one purpose. Like for me, I have a purpose. I'm a child of God. I've got those same purposes. You know what? I avoid sin. Um, Make disciples. And, you know, trust Him. Follow Him. But I also have, I'm a pastor and a church planter. I have some purposes in my life that go along with it. I'm a husband. There's some purposes that go along with it. I'm a daddy. There's some purposes that go. So I have a lot of different purposes in my life, and so do you, because we all have a different shape. So by doing what you're good at and what you're passionate about and what you have experience in, you'll, you'll, you'll make a difference in the lives of others. And when you are making a difference in the lives of others, this is when you start really living your best life. When you begin to make a difference in the lives of others, this is living your best life. And this is what adulthood, hashtag adulting, is really all about. Learning to journey according to the shape God's given you. Life is meant to be a faith adventure lived with purpose. Next, Here's the next step. Identify your shape. Make yourself a note. If you got the little handout, you can maybe, it's, it's even bold at the very bottom there before it has those five questions. It says, identify your shape and determine ways to help others. You can take that next step and come to, with us on Wednesday at 6 o'clock for our, our weekly midweek Bible study circle. We're going to talk about our shape. We're going to get into how are, how are you shaped. We're going to spend some time on that. That's at Sonic over on University if you want to join us for that. And then your other next step Come back next week, maybe bring some other young adults or, or any older adults, because next week we're going to talk about this piece of adulting that has to do with work and vocation and finances and, and what is, you know, how, how do I do godly with that area of my life? So that's going to be a big one for us. So bring that, bring that on next week as well. So then let's stand up and let's pray and, and uh, let's sing out of here too. The guys will come up and lead us in another song here. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your guidance in our lives. Thank you for shaping us according to your will and for your glory. Jesus, we just acknowledge that you're the subject. You're the subject of our lives, not just this, this church gathering. But Lord, we, uh, we acknowledge that you're the one who shaped us. So we want to be shaped around what you care about. We thank you that you care about each one of us. And Lord, maybe we're here this morning. We've never heard, never heard something like this, that God has a, a, a unique purpose for my life. So God, we seek that in this moment. We seek as we, as we just kind of uh, wrap up this, this time this morning in, in reflection. Lord, we seek your purpose for our lives. So whether we're 8 or 18 or 28 or 88, Lord, we're all gathered here seeking your purpose. We thank you that you didn't create any of us on accident. None of us are a mistake. None of us are an accident. Every single one of us matter to you. And you have a purpose for each of us. Lord, help us to find and live according to that purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.